RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. In Monday Night Football, Tennessee with a surprising fourth quarter comeback and a victory. Tennessee now has great odds, prohibitive odds to win their division. Still, though, Buffalo co-favorites to win the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. In baseball, we got the Red Sox. They're up 2-1 in the series, and they're favored later tonight in the game. That means you add it up. They've got a 70% chance, Boston, to advance to the World Series. NBA tips off tonight. Milwaukee defending champions, they're not the favorites. The favorites, Brooklyn. They're not even the second favorites. That's the L.A. Lakers. Third is Milwaukee defending champions, third favorites. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday after Monday. The aftermath of Monday Night Football, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Pretty exciting game last night. Pretty exciting. Somehow, all those points, Tannehill just didn't run the ball. But it was a heck of a game, and uh, we're going to break it down. I think there's some... I think there's some... uh, Kinks in the armor of this Buffalo team. And a lot of people love them. I don't want to name any names. But a lot of people love... (laughs) This Buffalo team, sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Oh, wait a minute. Speaking of love in Buffalo, generally, not last night necessarily, the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a Tuesday where the Titans beat the Bills in a finish that will be discussed all week. The L.A. Dodgers looking to dig out of their hole. And the NBA tips off in about an hour and a half. What is the Vegas lead today? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think that Dodgers is boring, but uh, we won't be leading with that for sure. But (laughs) let's go, as we almost always do, what did we learn from Monday Night Football? Because we literally have the favorite to win the Super Bowl entering the game losing. And I'm going to start with you. You can set the game up, but I'm going to tell you what the first question is going to be is you love Buffalo. Uh, What's going on? Yeah, the Titans get a late defensive fourth down stop and beat the Bills 34-31. I think this was the first time where defensively they, they've shown some some gaps. Uh, some, we, we've talked given up thirty some is some. Well, yeah, and certainly giving up 143 rushing yards and three touchdowns to Derrick Henry, a guy that they've historically kind of controlled. Uh, well, gave hold, them- hold on a second. How did Henry do last year against Buffalo? Not 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 like this. Uh, even in the post game in the post game interview, the, his he was talking about his teammates giving him grief about not having good games against the Bills, and he said, "I'm just going to go out and do me." Wow. And you know something that that I'm sorry to interrupt, but Mackenzie, can you get the exact stats from last year's game? Because obviously he had the yeah. stiff arm, 
right, over Norman, which was one of the you know posterized plays of the year. He and obviously Tennessee dominated the game. In my mind, I never thought, oh, you know, Henry didn't do so well. Did you, did you get that number, Mackenzie? Yeah, Henry had 57 yards in last night in last year's contest, only three yards a carry. Oh wow! So good catch, AJ. Is I mean, you think about it, you have that m- massive play, and you and your team wins the game handily. And let's be candid, Buffalo didn't lose many last year. It, it, I didn't make the connection. So very good point. Continue. Yeah, and obviously he he ran wild, and really it was a couple of big plays. He got loose, and it felt like the Bills were kind of controlling the Tennessee offense, and Henry would get through the line, go for a 40-yard run, and that would be, you know, it's back to square one, and I think eventually they just got worn down, and it went from being only big chunk plays to just the the smaller plays went from being three yards to six yards, and I think they, they, the Bills just wore down as the, as the night went on. Well, see, this is a good example, I think, of it's so hard to bet against the hardest team, right? And and I think the best most bettors can do is not bet on them, you know, avoid the mistake. And it's not always a mistake, but in general, you're you're buying high, you know, at a high price when a team like Buffalo has a defining win for them last week. I mean, it was their defining win of the last what, 10 years, you could say, the Bills last week. And now they got a buy after this. And it's like, is that something that could have kept them focused or not? Now they're on, you know, on the road. Uh, I'm kind of chastising myself a little bit for not, I didn't even consider Tennessee. I mean, it's one thing if I would have been like, maybe I didn't even want, I mean, that defense is shaky. Uh it just goes to show you the NFL has so much parity. I mean, RJ, they lost to the Jets, which seemed like no one could do. They lost to the Jets. The Titans, like it felt like they were just the best team in the worst division and nothing more than that. So I, I don't blame you for, for not looking at that side. It's very but, difficult to do. But isn't this the almost like a, a lesson? It's almost like it was made for a textbook. It's like, okay, you're going to have a team, Buffalo, that has their biggest win in a decade. And it's not even close. It's dominating the whole offseason. It's one thing to have a, a big win. The whole offseason was focused, the Bills, on beating the Chiefs. The Chiefs were standing in the way of the Super Bowl in their minds. Okay, they win that game. The emotions around that. That's as uh, Financially, the price is going to be as high on Buffalo as you're ever going to see it. You agree with that? Yes. Okay. Now, who could you lose to and really make everyone go, oh, my God, Tennessee must be really bad? <laughs> the Jets. I mean, so this is it. This this should have been <laughs> this should have been like the hey, if you can have the guts to bet this, you're a professional better. It doesn't matter if you win or lose game. And I got caught up. I'm just going to be honest. I got caught up with that, you know, Tennessee's D is just so bad. But, hey, maybe so. But their offense is mighty good, especially when they have both receivers, uh, you know, Jones and Brown. And, I mean, obviously they haven't for uh, the last two or three games. So um, let me ask you a few more observations. We are straight out of Vegas. Is there (sighs) – So 
and this is going to be a long question because it's a it's an important concept. Probably the most important thing that's happened in the NFL in the last two years has been the evolution of these defenses that say, go ahead and run. Oh, you're going to get four and a half yards, maybe five? Fine, go for it. And you might think, wait a minute. I can do the math. It's 10 yards. You have to get to get a first down. If you're getting five yards a carry, eh, that means you're either going to have a first down after two carries or it's going to be third and a foot. And you know what? Everyone's going for it on fourth. So if somehow we don't get it, we just got to average 2.6 yards a carry and we're going to be fine. All right. That seems like some simple uh, thinking rationale, but the Buffalo Bills – the Chargers, two teams that do this probably as prominently as anyone, they say, go ahead and run. Their rationale is, even if you're successful, quote-unquote, running, the efficiency of that is significantly worse than even an above-average passing play. So if you look at it with EPA, which is expected points added, it's the efficiency stat that all the advanced analytics guys use – and you look at, okay, what is the 10th best team passing the ball doing EPA-wise? And what is the first best running team? And literally, typically, the best running team is about 22nd or 23rd on the list of the best passing teams uh, or passing play. So, like, if you run the ball as well as anyone in the league over a season— your efficiency running the ball is going to be about 22nd if you were stack ranked with the passing offenses for every pass they throw. So, AJ, it kind of makes sense, this rationale, and it's a very advanced approach to football, which is go ahead and run, and at best you're going to be about the 20th best offense, and we're going to be better than that because we've got Josh Allen. We've got Herbert. Yeah, and I, and I think that would have, you know, it's, it's worked for the Bills. That, that theory, that philosophy has worked for the Bills. And maybe last night it works except for one play. Because if, if at the end of the night Derrick Henry's 19 carries for 67 yards, which is what he was if you take away that 76-yard touchdown run, the Bills are really happy with the way it went. But when, when, you do, when you're the Titans, you're counting on that big explosion run. And, you know, the Bills just – they could not have an answer for it. And obviously there's fourth down, you know, I mean, there's a stop, uh, you know, defensive stop amazingly from Tennessee. So, but, but in a weird way, if Tennessee's in a coin flip, they've won. Meaning that that's, if you're a six point dog at home and you're in a coin flip game, it means that either schematically or motivationally, somehow you exceeded expectations. And I think unequivocally Tennessee did. And, you know, obviously it was, in fact, unlikely that they would win the game. So if you actually look at entering the fourth quarter, Tennessee had a 14% chance to win the game. Uh, It was Buffalo 31, Tennessee 24 at that point. And the NFL comes out with their projections and 14% chance uh, in real time. So obviously the Bills were looking good at that point, though obviously plus six is a different story, and that was expectation. Anything else? I'm going to give a few of the updated odds here that I think are quite interesting. Did you have any other takeaways from the game that are important? 
Well, I was curious what your thoughts were on if the Bills should have kicked the field goal and taken it to overtime. Do you feel like they made the right decision in not? Why don't you set the situation up for the listener and for those that missed it? Okay, so the Bills, they're fourth and one at like the three-yard line. Uh, they they stopped Josh Allen on third down. It, it looked like maybe he had gotten the third down. They don't take a look at it. So the, it's it's maybe a half a yard to go from inside the five. The Bills are down three with 20 seconds on the clock. They kick a field goal. We go to overtime. They decide to go for it, do or die. And Josh Allen slips as he as he dives forward. His knee goes down. He's inches short. Titans win the football game. What's the right call in that scenario? Okay, so different models are going to come up with different ideas on that. My gut feeling is that that's a clean go for it. And the reason is, and, I'm, and Mackenzie, I'm sure, has the number, so we'll ask him in a moment what the, what the bots are, or what the uh, algos are saying. But here's why I think, it, uh, as a human <laughs> that uses math occasionally, is I like them going for it, and here's why. It was the perfect amount of time. Because the thing that you've got to do is, if you make that first, you've got to have a, a couple of shots, or if not four shots, and I'm not sure if they would have had four, to get the touchdown. Um, if somehow there was nine seconds left or, what, or, or six seconds left, now I don't like that at all. But considering the fact, and, and tell me if you agree, is if the Bills get the first but don't score a touchdown on fourth down, they have their shots to get the touchdown after, right? Yes. I mean, just time-wise, that seems clearly the case. So I like that. But I also like that there's not – a lot of time, like th- even 45 or 50 seconds, here's why. And this is where there was a big mistake I think Detroit made a couple weeks ago. When do you go for two to win the game? You only consider that if it's pretty much time's expired or there's 15 seconds, 10 seconds. Because if the other, if you do get it and take the lead, the other team has no motivation or, or there's no risk they won't take in or you know it'll be like the fumble ruski or the the cow play if it was like only 10 seconds left or seven but if there's like we saw if there's 35 or 40 now they're going to be wing there's no sense of let's play for overtime because if you kick the extra point there yeah they in theory they could have went down the opponent and do the same thing but they're not going to take those risks because overtime is there but when they're down one they do so and in it, fact yes. in fact more often than not when you're down to about five under 10 seconds left and it's a tie game the team that gets the ball back will just take a knee and get ready for overtime uh exactly yeah i mean they won't i mean like you uh, it's going to be a spectrum between if there's not hardly any time they're going to take a knee whereas if there's a little bit of time you know 25 seconds maybe they try one screen and see what but either way you're pretty much going to go to overtime where if you make it the other team has a, a limitless risk they're willing to take because they're going to lose the game unless they score. So if you're you're Buffalo and you score on that fourth down play and now you got to kick off and to me, 
I liked the time because it gave the Bills enough time to run their plays if they made the first but didn't score the touchdown. But if they scored the touchdown on the fourth down play, it wasn't really a good situation for Tennessee to have you know much time to do anything, even if they were going to take whatever risk they needed to take. So to me, that is what drives it as a good decision. Mackenzie, what did the algo say? Algos agreed. Go for it was the right decision. Ben Baldwin had 57% win probability. If you go for it, only 45% if you kick the field goal. Next-gen stats had an even bigger difference, 62% compared to 42%. Okay, so either a delta of 20% or a delta of 12%. And, you know, again, this shows you this is a little bit of art, not science, when there's two different numbers, but both of them point in that direction. And I got the quiz right, AJ. You did. Well done. But do you see my point regarding the time left? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think, listen, one thing I was wrong about, and I was mighty wrong about it, is how important these four – I mean, to me, there was a lot of people that never played high school football. And I don't think you need to play high school football to have an opinion on football. But I think that it's hard to look at – a Jimmy Johnson or a great coach XYZ and, and you know obviously Jimmy Johnson back in the day but that's an example where he's the guy that innovated the draft uh, value chart and that's how the Cowboys in many cases got such great value because they figured out what these draft choices were worth well now there's all these analytics people are saying how bad Jimmy Johnson's chart was it's like, all right, maybe, but if you were back then, I don't think you would have had one better. And when I hear the people on Twitter questioning Belichick and questioning Andy Reid, it's like, come on now. But all that said, I rebelled against all the in-game kind of like pun here, field goals here, because it seemed like the only thing they could maybe know that the coaches didn't, and they focused on that so, so much. It was like, man, that's a small part of the game. But what we're seeing here is when you change from convention so much, when you got, I mean, there, I mean, AJ, I, there's plays that I look at and sometimes I lose sight of what year it is. And I'll look and go, what is they're going for it on their own 26? And it's like third and or fourth and three. I mean, you could have went 10 years and not saw that uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, certainly, the, the NFL's completely changed, and it's uh, you know the analytics that that movement is what's causing these coaches to go for it more. Well, even in places where it doesn't seem like it makes any sense whatsoever. What does that mean? The analytics. I mean, I, I mean, it, it means that the 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 science and the math behind this that that wasn't available to coaches twenty years ago or thirty years ago, like a Jimmy Johnson. Why wasn't Why wasn't it available? Like, I I get some things weren't available. But things like all they've done in order to figure out what the projections are of scoring or not, or, or is this a positive play or not, is they just have a database of you know every situation that's ever been the case in the NFL, and they've profiled it and saying, okay, what happens to a team that's in this spot doing this or doing that? And it's like I'm not saying it was easy, but I'm saying it wasn't beyond like when when Microsoft in 1995 came out with uh, Windows. Uh, I, what was it, 3.0? I can't remember. But it was um, uh, the Stones were doing Start Me Up. It was the big push. Is At the time, the computers had the power to calculate this stuff. It's just no one thought to do it. There wasn't a community around it You know that, that I think that it all feeds upon itself. But I think, heck, this wasn't happening three years ago. 
So let's not act like the computers have changed in three years. What it's what's happened is someone and let's give Peterson at Philly credit probably was one of the true innovators. Once people started doing this stuff, it gave cover for other coaches to do it. Right. The first coach to do it is going to get into trouble if he messes it up. Now that everyone's doing it, there's more questions if you're not doing it. But I, I think that's the key here. They had the math on this, I think, for a long time. It's the fact that people have the guts to do it now, giving cover to others doing it. Thoughts? I mean, I think it's they're about five, ten years behind where baseball was when it when they started the shift. And they, I mean, they could have been shifting for a hundred years in baseball because they know this guy pulls the ball, this guy doesn't. But now it's just so commonplace that it, they've decided, listen, we're going to give up this side of the field and just assume he won't hit it there. And if he does, okay, the numbers say it's going to happen less than it than it, than what we're playing is going to happen. So it's you're right that it does take balls to be the first to do it. But now it's just a, it's. It's the way the game is played. I think it ruined baseball, by the way. <clears throat> get, off my, get off my lawn, kids. But last thing here is it feels like we're in two different NFLs because I'm looking at the drive chart for Seattle and Pittsburgh. Now, <laughs> two of the most old school coaches. Yes, and one's 70 and one's like 42 or something and or 45. So Tomlin's old school before his time. But like literally here's – Here's the plays uh, or the uh, drives. Punt, 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 punt to start the game. <laughs> touchdown, punt, touchdown, punt, punt, touchdown. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Field goal, touchdown, punt, field goal, fumble, Ooh. punt, 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 field goal, field goal, <laughs> punt, punt, fumble, field goal. Ooh, that is a, a game, game from 1991 right there. <laughs> I mean, not one on downs. That might be a game from 1971. <laughs> You know, I think they're easier to handicap. I can't lie. All right. <laughs> Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll go over the odds that adjusted based upon last night's Tennessee victory. And then we're going to do a Vegas-style, high-level NBA tip-off preview. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Okay, so we are in. Vegas, and we're straight out of Vegas. AJ Hoffman will join in a moment. AJ, you there? I am here. I'm sorry, RJ. Headphone oh. issues. Oh well, listen. I mean, it's a it's a difficult thing, you know. Those headphones. <laughs> so they go. It's it's the left ear goes over the left one, or or the. I left got that one. figured out eventually. You got it now. All right. Yeah, I got so, it now. <laughs> we're gonna keep going into. The uh, in quickly finishing up the recap on Monday Night Football, specifically, what are the odds adjustments that happened? Now, to me, one of the signs that the Bills get a lot of love, and I'm not sure it's warranted, is they lose this game, they have two losses, and they are the co favorite. It's only six games, they're four and two, they're the co favorite, the Bills to win the Super Bowl. 
over Arizona, undefeated. Now, listen, you're a hater of Arizona. I mean, to the, to the <laughs> degree, to the degree that yesterday you said, I want, to make, uh, I want, some, I want some time to, to make the case Arizona is still not any good. And Actually, like, I think I said it out loud and you said, oh, you're going to have to explain yourself on air. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it was like, it was like A.J. Hoffman, everyone. And you went, you know, in my gut, I just, uh, I, I just don't test. think they're good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's irrational hate against Arizona, and it's irrational love against Buffalo or for Buffalo. Somehow, their loss against the Steelers just gets dismissed. It's like it's one of those strange things. <laughs> I mean, it really like you you haven't answered for that loss yet, and it doesn't seem like you're going to. And it's people are saying, well, you know, it was the first game of the season. It's like, okay, what is your rationale to love Buffalo? You ha- you didn't make the case why you hate Arizona. Why do you love Buffalo? I love Buffalo because up until last night, they <laughs> seemed like the most balanced team in the NFL. They see, I, I, obviously, they've got a, a high level offense. They've had that for a few years, but the changes that they made defensively looked like they were really starting to pay dividends. Uh, and last night, their defense got exposed in a way that they hadn't been exposed yet. So uh, may- maybe I'm having to reevaluate where I am with Buffalo. What does that mean? Maybe you're going to have to reevaluate. Are you or aren't you? I am, but I don't know if I reevaluate enough to say they're not still the best team. Oh, well, listen, they could not have been the best team to such a degree that they could have a horrible performance or a, a bad performance, let's call it a bad performance. And in a spot that you can't really think there's a letdown, I get the whole they just had that big win, but it's Monday Night Football. They got to buy next week. It's like if you can't push through that one game and you're right, because you could make the case that it's not so much the Bills were exposed as a bad team. It's that the defense was exposed, even if they won the game. Right. If they scored that last touchdown, it wouldn't have changed the fact that have Tennessee putting up the points they did. They put up 34, regardless if the Bills got another seven. And it would have but been- I do think that if the if the Bills get in and win that game, the, the big discussion isn't why are the Bills so overrated. But, but it doesn't change. See, that's the difference between the shows that have squares squawking. Wah, wah, wah. I just made that up. Squares squawking. <laughs> I like it. Like and Charlie then- Brown's teacher. <laughs> yeah, but but it's even more irritating because they're saying stuff that's opposite. Charlie Brown's teacher, you can't understand what he's saying. So at least it's not. Exactly. Thank you. It, <laughs> cut that tape up. AJ's best moment. <laughs> I mean, you got to cut. You got to accept either. It seems. That or I think that the only thing you can do is somehow make a case that no one's made yet why the Bills are still the. I mean, how can they be over Tampa Bay? What have they done to be over Tampa Bay? What did they there's do not last an answer year? To that. They did no, nothing. No, there's not an answer for it. Right, so once you say you don't have an answer, it means you don't think it. Right, because we can't be the type of show that has, says it's my gut, man. It's my gut. And and the the odds now have them as co favorites at plus five fifty. The Bucks and the Bills tied at plus five fifty atop the uh, the odds. And that's my point. That is a travesty. I said it at the beginning of the year when Kansas City had better odds than Tampa Bay. What did I say? 
I said, this makes no sense. This is irrational. Well, now it's no longer the case, right? And I didn't expect KC to be this bad, but I didn't see any reason that they had a better chance of being good this year than Tampa Bay. And now that we see Brady hasn't hit the wall, I mean, there's a chance. Listen, when a quarterback hits the wall, it happens fast. Think about Peyton Manning. One moment he literally was, the year before he was probably still the best quarterback in the NFL, and the next year, Osweiler was starting over him. They said, oh, you got a hurt foot, Peyton, take a couple extra weeks off. That's literally (laughs) for the ostrich, and that happened in one year. There was a chance that Brady could have hit the wall. He didn't. Brady looks as good as he ever has. So now that that is covered, I mean, yeah, I know they got injuries with cornerbacks, but how is it that Tampa not only had the best pedigree coming in this year, but I would make the case they've been the most impressive this year. Uh, well, and the other the, the thing, the other side of that Tampa argument is if they lose their two coin toss games, if if they lose the game against New England or they lose the game against Dallas, uh, they're uh, three and three. Well, okay, but still, it wouldn't change. First of all, who's to say what their mindset would have been against the Rams, right? So we can't just That's act true. like they're going to have three losses. But even if they did, they they still. Here's the thing about Kansas City: if Kansas City, because you could say, well, look, Kansas City. They've lost some coin flips, and now everyone's down on them. Well, you can point to and saying, all right, well, what did we expect from Mahomes? Well, more of the same, right? Well, we're not getting more of the same. We're getting more turnovers than he's ever had in his life. We're getting – or ever has in the NFL. We don't want to talk about Texas Tech. And we also are getting the defense playing significantly worse than people expected number 32 by most metrics, and we're getting a scheme from opposing defenses of saying, are you going to be patient enough to go down five or seven yards at a clip? We're not going to let you beat us over the top with Hill. And it's like he's having trouble with that, the patience. So it feels like there's three major reasons to go thumbs down for Tampa Bay. And, oh, I'm sorry. Check that Kansas City. And I don't think there's been any like really like, man, that was a, a question mark. But it's real positive what's happening. It's not like the running game's gotten any better. It's not right. like their, their third receiver after Kelsey and Hill have gotten any, you know, the, with the question marks with Watson gone. So to, Watkins gone. So to me, it is, it's all bad answers for Kansas City and no good answers yet. With Tampa Bay, what are the bad answers, even if they had lost those coin flip games? Well, at least with Tampa Bay, you can say they're dealing with across-the-board injuries, and the fact that they're still 5-1 and one with that should have people higher on Tampa than what they are. I agree, but what I'm saying is even if they had lost the coin flips, it wouldn't change how good they are. And, and they'd still be – they might not be number one – in the odds, because the odds aren't just how good you are, it's also what's your path to the number one seed and different things. What's your path to win your division? Now Kansas City is going to have to go likely as a wild card. So there's all kind of X factors, but if you're just saying who's the better team, if Tampa had lost against Dallas and had lost against New England, I don't think I'd have maybe a half point lower than I do. They'd still be the best team in the league to me. 
I think I think you're probably right. I, I although I, I again I still look at these Bills as a team that I've seen but a lot guts, more. Your gut's telling you. No, but I mean you have to agree that the, the Bills were in that conversation last year with the Chiefs and the Bucks at the no, end of the no, season. No, they weren't. They weren't. The line. I mean the line. Listen. They were amongst the four best teams. I don't think the people thought they shouldn't have made the conference finals. But I'm just going by memory here. What were they, five-and-a-half-point underdogs in Kansas City? I, be- I believe something like that, five, five-and-a-half. Yeah, so to me, it was like when home field was two, they're saying you're not even in the ball game, really. That's a very, I mean, that's pretty much what the odds were of Kansas City and Cleveland in game one. But when you have gone into this season assuming that the Bills' big flaw was their defense isn't good enough, their defense isn't going to be able to so keep up with these teams. And they, it was going to get any better. Well, I th- did you, do you not think it's been better in five I, I of the know. six games they've played this I year? Don't it know. Seems? I Who have they played? I mean, that's the question. If you look at it, Pittsburgh's bad on offense. That is unequivocal, right? So they lose that one. Obviously, Houston. I mean, if you look at the teams they played, the Kansas City win was the one that made everyone say, wow, okay, okay. Except what we're seeing from Kansas City, I don't know. I don't know. So, listen, here's what I know. I thought there were Josh Allen questions. I think there still are. Is he going to have the kind of year he had last year? It's almost impossible now. We're six games in. So how much is he going to drop off? So I think the Bills are clearly a top four team. I just don't know if they're the best team. In fact, I don't think they are. And I think people are getting – I think that Kansas, if you take away that Kansas City game, how do the Bills look? Okay. They look, they look good, not great. Yeah, and thus it's one game against a team that we're not sure how good they are. We'll continue this and get to the NBA first, though. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. You know, Mr. Dan Byer, I got a question. Yes, R.J. Is our favorite technical director, I think the best in the business, Mr. John Ramos Ramos. There's a lot of dispute about his last name. <laughs> How's he feeling? Because he's such a Dodgers fan. I mean, he, usually nothing shakes him. Is he shook right now? Uh, he's uh, shaken, not stirred right now. He's a little. He's a little iffy. Not only RJ was at the Atlanta offense, but the lack of Dodgers offense after that two-run home run. Uh, yeah, the the temperature level, the gauge up to ten, probably right now, hovering at about an eight. <laughs> We're getting live updates, baby. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we're going to do an NBA preview. And, you know, let's pick the number one NFL game of the weekend. The number one. And we'll do an early look at that, too. That's coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at the NBA season that tips off here in less than an hour. R.J., what's the the big storyline from this upcoming NBA season? (laughs) That's your professional setup? I, I've got nothing better. I, I'm not an NBA guy. McKenzie is our NBA guy here. Uh, I, I've 
I need to watch more NBA. I watched the Rockets games when I was so in Houston. So hold on a second. You're going to take a bunch of time telling us that you have nothing to tell us? No. <laughs> hey, allow me to explain. I got nothing in the NBA. Well, luckily, NBA is my second favorite sport, though uh, AJ's right. McKenzie, uh, that's his favorite sport. So uh, now that he's entering, uh, what, his, I guess effectively his third year uh, handicapping the NBA under my tutelage, who knows what we're going to get from him? Who knows? This is a guy, though, that famously, famously, you know, when he started, made less than a school teacher, and because that's the way we do it, it's almost like Fight Club. But about I don't know a month or two in to his job, he's looking really nervous, and he's watching television. He's looking <laughs> really nervous, and it's like, <laughs> what's going on? And he goes, Oh, I got a big bet on this series. It was like, what was it, Boston and who? Toronto. Yeah. That's right. And I go, Oh, how much you got? He goes, $2,000. I go, what? <laughs> and, his, and your normal bet at the time was what? 300 Oh, your normal bet wasn't 300 It was probably <laughs> 66 to win 60 I mean, let's be honest. Sure. It wasn't 300 Well, yeah, normal big bet maybe 300 Oh, yeah, not, yeah. yeah meaning the, 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 the next biggest bet of the month was like, like <laughs> exactly. one-seventh as much. I mean, <laughs> exactly it, right. It was that kind of insanity, but he's learned from there. So what I find fascinating here is, one, let's look at the title favorites and the Brooklyn Nets, even though there's big, big question marks with Kyrie, they're, you know, Kyrie is what? The 22nd best player in the NBA? Where do you have him on your list, McKenzie? Let me pull that up right, right yeah, in that, right in I that mean, range. Yeah, I mean, might as well pull up that list. Is yeah, I have him 15th. 15th. So, yeah. yeah. So, the point being, the third best player on a team is the 15th best player in the league by McKenzie. Maybe it's, you know, could be all the way to 25, but still, to lose a player like that or have such uncertainty and still be the favorite, I don't know if we've seen something like that. And then... If you think about the fact that the win total for Brooklyn, the team that's favored to win it all, is only 55 and a half wins. Now, remember, this is a full 82-game season. So 55 and a half wins in an 82-game season. If we go back to the last season that we entered before COVID, it would have been the season that ended in 2020, there were six teams Five or, or I think six teams. Six now, teams, yeah. Six teams that had 55 and a half wins as their projection or more. So think about it. The very best team this year, and then the last year that's analogous to this, two years ago, entering the year, there were six teams at this level or higher. So does that mean that the whole NBA has gotten horrible? No. What it means is that even though it feels like, oh, the offseason was longer, it still was an abridged offseason. And the whole idea of load management is in the blood in a way that is, I don't know if it's going away. So even the best teams are going to sit players a bunch. And the second favorite, Lakers. Third favorite, defending champions, Milwaukee. Milwaukee hosting tonight, Brooklyn. Milwaukee's only a two-point favorite. AJ, go, go, go. 
If you are dealing with battery issues, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow. 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Vegas Time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. If you missed any of today's show, including the NBA breakdown, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. Back tomorrow, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Vegas!